Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? Things you do for your country. Thank you very much for Thank your coming. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks. United States people from the United States for all big support. President Biden. By partisan yes. support, Congress, and really, we thank you so much. Bipartisan support. Yes, it's very important. So we appreciate for. I, uh, we know that from from first days we have total support. It's about thirty-eight billion, and big big support. Very important. The best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now it's. You know, we're on four, let's see, this is 457th day of a war that was supposed to last three days. Yeah. You how, how, how could you possibly be gleeful about that? <laughs> this war is supposed to last three days. It's now been a year and a half. Hooray. What are you talking about? Lindsay, come out of the closet so you can just stop being so angry at the world, man. Amaze me. Your country amazes me. It's about our people and about your people. Your people help help our people all our appreciation. You just I mean, you remind me of our better selves in America. That there was a time in America that we were this way, fighting to the last person. We're going to be free or die. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. Yes. But they came to our territory. Yeah. We are not fighting on their territory. Mm. Are you, though? I mean, just this morning, there was multiple drone attacks in uh, Moscow. So there's a lot of talk about a counteroffensive that's, that's coming here soon. Um, look, I just wanted to talk briefly about Lindsey Graham and his unbelievable bloodthirsty insanity the guy is sick okay the guy is really really sick and to compare the american revolution and, and the better nature of americans to what the ukrainians are doing is just crazy now some of the ukrainian people i'm sure view it that way and god bless them and as i've said a thousand times you're more than willing or you're more than welcome to fight for your liberation from Russia's encroachment. Feel free. Uh, lending infinite military and financial support on your behalf, given that America has the second most nuclear weapons in the world and Russia has the most, is not okay. And that, that disconnects that comparison entirely because we're not talking about the British and the American revolutionaries who had muskets and some ships and some, I don't know what else they have, cannons <laughs> and cavalry. It's like, that is not the same thing that we're talking about here. And everybody that continues to downplay it as if nuclear war is an impossibility is just flat wrong. Um, you can go check out some of the interviews that have been on Judge Andrew Napolitano's channel with any of the retired generals that talk about this. And they almost to a man, agree that if you are to put Russia and Putin specifically into a position of feeling as if their future is at existential peril, uh, usually the dividing line that they always draw is Crimea. 
and the counteroffensive that that the Americans continue to assist the Ukrainians in preparing for, allegedly, according to Victoria Nuland, to go and take back every inch of what was once Ukraine since 91, uh, or I guess, well, it gets complicated because obviously Russia took Crimea, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into all the details. <laughs> We've done that before in the past. But uh, if if Russia feels as if they cannot maintain control over Crimea, the use of tacti tactical nuclear war warheads or weaponry becomes a, a very distinct possibility. Very, very distinct. And any American politician that's dismissing that out of hand or pretending as if that's an impossibility is just flat lying to you or they're crazy. Either way, you should stop listening to them. That's just the truth. And in case you don't believe me about how dire this is and how significant the American uh, intervention or, or assistance, quote unquote, is, let's listen to Victoria Nuland for a moment. Why don't we? And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions uh, with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kyiv, both in the civilian side and on the military side, about Ukraine's long-term future. And so let's break this down briefly. So she says that they have been preparing for a counteroffensive for four or five months. So that means essentially late 22. Victoria Nuland, uh, secretary, uh, she, uh, under the State Department, she is, they have been planning the counteroffensive from the Ukrainians, which are now attacking inside Moscow. And she has said in other prior interviews that they are okay with Ukraine doing whatever necessary. In fact, we had that, uh, the congressman, I think it may be a congressman, maybe a senator, Nadler, uh, on the most recent episode where he said, yeah, you know, turnabout's fair play. So you can't pretend as if this is just about giving financial and military support to the Ukrainian people, but simultaneously say it's okay if they are also attacking within Russia. You can't, you can't have it both ways. This can't be purely defensive, but then also have an offensive that goes into Russian territory, correct? Seeing as the entire premise for how this is such an egregious overreach by Putin himself is that he is trying to take sovereign land. Well, is Russia's land no longer sovereign because they have behaved in a way that you find to be reprehensible, which I agree with, by the way. But does that then make it okay for the two largest nuclear powers to then use Ukraine as a proxy to take some of the land from Russia? I would argue, no, it doesn't. In fact, it completely uh, diminishes, if not obliterates, your moral premise for our intervention on behalf of the Ukrainian people. Correct? Okay, let's break it down one more time. And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions uh, with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kyiv, both in the civilian side and on the military side about Ukraine's long-term future. So you are preparing both with, with the Ukrainians, both on the military and civilian side for Ukraine's future. So if Ukraine is this autonomous nation, why is it 
that Victoria Newland, the Grim Reaper of the State Department, is assisting you in planning your future, you autonomous nation, you. Why? Why is it that the U.S. State Department would be deciding the future or helping you plan your future? Because it's a proxy war. Because that's what this is about. Ukraine, for the past 20 years, has been put in the position of deciding which of the big dogs they're going to side with. And they have gone back and forth. They have flip-flopped between, are we going to side with the EU and the West more broadly? Or are we going to side with the Russian bloc? And a big part of the uh, the Maidan revolution was, was because of that. Because they had a, a, a trade deal with the EU that fell apart because the Russians offered more money with less strings attached than the IMF was willing to give to the Ukrainians. And then as a result, there was the revolution, the revolution, which by all accounts that I can find, <laughs> even though uh, destiny dis disagreed with me, I think it's quite evident at this point that the state department was sponsoring to the tune of billions of dollars, the revolution in, in the Maidan. And then there you go. There you go. Now you have a, uh, basically a, a war-torn country that has been put in the position of choosing who, who are you going to ride with? And, and for the record, your entire existence depends on it. Are you going to ride with the West in America or are you going to ride with the evil Russians and Vladimir Putin? That's your choice. And given the American military industrial complex's track record when it comes to what happens to leaders when they choose to not ride with the West, uh, I think you can understand why Zelensky would have felt obliged, to put it mildly, to go along with the West's demands. And the West's demands were quite explicit, mind you. Now, keep in mind, too, that Zelensky was elected based off of trying to find peace so that the Donbass uh, civil war, which is really what it was, would be put to an end. And, and that there would be peace within Ukraine. And that that switch got flipped really quickly. So let's let's rewind back to 2017 with our friend Lindsey Graham once again on the ground with John McCain talking to the Ukrainian military that had been in that civil war for many, many years prior. Quick correction, this was actually 2016 and it was uh, just before Trump had won the election, which delayed their plans of Ukraine going on the offensive in 2017. Listen up. I admire the fact that you will fight for your homeland. Your fight is our fight. 2017 will be the year of offense. All of us will go back to Washington and we will push the case against Russia. Enough of a Russian aggression. It is so it was Russian aggression seven years ago. But but we're going to pretend as if this invasion uh, in 2022 was out of the blue. It was out of the blue. But you have Lindsey Graham on the ground with John McCain in tow. I want to make a bad joke, not going to do it. 2016, and they're talking about the next year, 2017, 
which happened to be the first year of what would have been Hillary Clinton's presidency, that it would have been the year of offense. You tell me again that this is not the war that they wanted. Tell me that. Tell me they weren't planning this for at least seven, eight years. And in my opinion, 10 plus since 2014, undoubtedly. It's time for them to pay a heavier price. Our fight is not with the Russian people, but with Putin. Our promise to you is to take your calls to Washington. Inform the American people of your bravery. And make the case against Putin to the world. I believe you will win. I am convinced you will win. And we will do everything we can to provide you with what you need to win. Apologies for the volume being so low. Nothing I can do. We have succeeded not because of equipment but because of your courage. So, I thank you, and the world is watching, and the world is watching because we cannot allow Vladimir Putin to succeed here, because if he succeeds here, he will succeed in other countries. It's just delusional, just delusional nonsense. Ugh, makes me so furious. But keep in mind, that's Lindsey Graham seven years ago. Seven years ago. And here's Lindsey Graham today. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are done. It's the best money we've ever spent. Thank you so much. Now it's I need to flip out for a second. First off, how much of a gruesome fuck do you have to be to feel that way? Live free or die. But now the Russians are dying. Smiling. Grinning ear to ear. As people die. Thrilled that a war that should have lasted three days has lasted 400 plus. Thrilled about it. What kind of a monster is this dude? Seriously. Like, how? who the fuck has voted for this guy? He's such a demon. He's literally a blood-soaked monster. That's the, that's what this dude is. He's so he's so fucking detached from reality. He's like, he's like, oh, this they're just like the American revolutionaries. He he's so cucked. He he wants desperately to feel as if he's masculine. When he walks around with a fucking purse. Clearly. That's clearly what his problem is. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that it's not that he questions his own sexuality and masculinity. And that's why he wants to fucking bomb everyone all the time, everywhere. Is that not what his problem really is? Is that he can't come to terms with who he is. So he wants to end the lives of innocents all over the globe. That's, that's my honest-to-God read of what and who Lindsey Graham is and has been for fucking decades. The guy is responsible for death and destruction that totals 
in the hundreds of thousands, millions of people, innocents, dead, starving children. He has never had a war that he didn't support. There are more wars that he supported that we didn't go to than the ones that he did support that we did go to. He wants every single conflict in your lifetime. He has been ready and willing and anxious to do it, and he wanted it to go harder. That's what he's about. Bloodlust, 24-7. Him and his DOA partner, John McCain. Rest in whatever hell. I had to get that off my chest. I appreciate you guys for letting, letting me vent. Makes me feel better. Doesn't bring back all the dead, though, does it? No, it doesn't. Maybe I take this too personally. Maybe I do. I don't know. But it really disturbs me. It disturbs me that so many young, innocent men and women, to a lesser extent, are dying for the sake of a person like Lindsey Graham. Someone who wouldn't know freedom and liberty if it fucking smacked him in the face. He doesn't know what it looks like. To him, death and destruction is freedom. His worldview is inverted. He's demonic, for real. Seriously, deeply disturbed individual. That's who Lindsey Graham is. South Carolina, do better. Get rid of this fucking guy. You have got to stop voting for him. Please. Please, for the sake of the world, you must have him removed from power immediately. This guy is crazy. And he will be the death of all of us if left unabated. The guy is seriously, he desperately wants a world war. Do you see it? Do you see it in his eyes? Smiling gleefully, talking about the death of Russians? Now consider this for a second. Is war not about killing the enemy? Of course it is. But when you do it, do you do it with glee or you do it with sorrow and respect for the fact that they had the courage to fight for their own beliefs too and that they died for that? That's usually the way those that are less demonic view war. They say, we do war only when we have to preferably only in the name of self-defense and defending actual liberty. You don't do it for the sake of global control, which is really what this war is about. The Western New World Order. That's really what they, they talk about it openly, okay? I'm not going to back away from their own language. That's what they say. The liberal world order. Okay, it's not new. It's just called the liberal order, world order. But you have even fucking, uh, what's her name? Barbara... What's the, the congresswoman that, uh, it'll come to me, the congresswoman that, Barbara Lee, the congresswoman, she was the only one in Congress that voted against uh, the war in Iraq, the invasion into Iraq in 2003. The only one. And she is 100% on board with funding and arming Ukraine in the proxy war against Russia. That's how far our congressional representative, that's how far the anti-war movement has fallen. That the one lady who had the courage to say, I don't think we should be invading Iraq given that they had nothing to do with 9-11, she was the only one. Now she says, well, because it's an invasion of an autocracy versus a democracy, well then, anything is on the table. That's where they're at today. That's where they're at. That it's okay now. It's okay now. Barbara, what happened? What happened to you? What happened to every representative, basically? I mean, 90% of them. 
And keeping in mind, 73% of Republican voters oppose the aid that is going to Ukraine. This is not about respecting democracy, because if it were, then you would be listening to the polls that say 73% of your constitu constituents, GOP, don't want this. They don't want to be robbed and led down the primrose path to World War III. They don't want to be led there, just like John Mearsheimer warned. They don't want to do it. They don't want to have to go to fucking war over some to decide which tracksuit wearing criminal rules over the eastern portion of Ukraine. It's fucking stupid. It's lunacy. Stop risking our lives for it. Stop it. Not to mention, even if we're lucky enough to avoid World War III, you're, des you're destroying the U.S. dollar's reserve currency status on the global scale. Your record inflation. Does any of it matter? Does the suffering of your people, your actual constituents, does that matter to you at all? Does it matter? Does it matter that you're destroying not only the economy, but have the chance of destroying every man, woman, and child on earth? Does any of it matter? Do you have a moment of pause? Do you think to yourself for a fucking split second, hey, maybe this is crazy. Maybe we shouldn't be pushing the envelope so much. Maybe we shouldn't be risking everyone on the planet over this dumb shit that we have fomented for fucking 10 plus years. Maybe not. Maybe you should reconsider. Maybe you should listen to your fucking constituents when they tell you, America first. We don't want this. We're not going to do it. We won't fight your fucking criminal wars. We're done. We're not going to do it. Okay? Get fucked. I'm out. Ooh, I kind of I lost my mind there. Apologies. But I had to remind you guys before I get out of here that I will be speaking at Icarus Fest it is just 10 days away. Make sure you don't miss it. The speakers will include Max Blumenthal, Ben Burgess, Sam Husseini, Jeremy Kaufman, Aaron Mate, uh, Michael Tracy, a bunch of us, including myself. And we will be passionately speaking out against the war in Ukraine. Passionately, if you can't tell. I'm pretty passionate about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty passionate about it. Uh, the code, I might add, is LOCKDOWN20. If you want 20% off admission, just use the code LOCKDOWN20. I will be there June 8th through the 11th in Rutherford, New Jersey. If you are in New Jersey or anywhere nearabouts, please come out and see me. Again, you can pick up tickets over at IcarusFest.com. That's I-C-A-R-U-S-Fest.com. Use code LOCKDOWN20 for 20% off. If you guys want to support my work, go to LibertyLockdown.Locals.com. Now we're out of here. Peace. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?